Hey everyone, welcome to All About the Joy, the podcast. If you were at the live stream on Thursday, I'm so glad you were there. We did have some technical difficulties with uh, Cynthia trying to come on the show. You know, in this day and age with all the technology that we do have, sometimes when it fails, it fails hard. So we're sorry about that, but we're glad that she was on for the little bit of time that she was, and then she was in the chat for the rest of the night. So shout out to Cynthia for uh, doing that. And then we had Andrea back on the show, which was just way too much fun. Uh, She, you know, came in late, uh, but we were just grateful to have her there because I didn't think she was showing up at all. And I think at the beginning of the show, I actually say that, right? So we're going to try to have a format where at least once a month, the whole gang is together and we just kind of have um, everyone chit-chatting about all the different things that we always talk about. We're always going to have one guest at least a month, maybe two. It just depends. It's just a lot of work when we have a guest on uh, to interview them, but I'm excited because Uh, I have a couple of people lined up for the next few months, so it's really going to be fun. And uh, Rick and I will always do a show once a month where it's just me and him talking about something or other, usually about movies or TV or something fascinating that uh, we can both chime in about. And yeah, this week on the podcast, what I'm going to do is answer some questions. So first, let me start with a couple of um, announcements. Well, they're not really announcements, but just things I want to say. To people on LinkedIn who are following the page All About the Joy, I adore you. Thank you so much. It is so hard to start something new and to ask people to support you when you really have not enough of anything to share with them. And I think I have 140 something people now on LinkedIn, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot and it is awesome to me because these are people who don't know me and who are saying, you know what? We support you. We want to see you go with this. So thank you to everyone on LinkedIn who has supported that page. I am extremely, extremely grateful. Also, people on YouTube, I don't have a lot of followers on YouTube, but I am just so excited because a, pep, um, a couple of people have reached out to me and um, I appreciate people who are adding us on YouTube as well. So thank you. If you want to add us, I hope you will just go to allaboutthejoy.com and you can see our links there. And um, if you have a question, you can just send out a message to the contact page on there. And um, I just appreciate this. Look at this is a new venture. This is a new idea. And uh, I'm really serious about it. And there's a whole bunch of things coming up in the future that I'm really excited about. So um, having people on board right at the beginning is amazing. And I just want to say thank you. And I'm grateful. And um, I'm so excited about it. So today I'm going to answer some questions. And uh, let me start with The first one was actually pretty interesting. It wasn't the first one that was sent to me, but it's one of the ones I put on the list. And it is, what do you do for a living exactly? (laughs) So I loved that. And the way they worded it with the exclamation points, like exactly, (laughs) was awesome. I do something that goes under the umbrella of consulting for sure. I do what's called organizational management. And generally people will call me in because they have a problem with something in their small business or their corporate business or their team. It just depends on what it is you're looking for. So I work for some individual people who are just establishing their offices. And I also work with people who've had a company for 20, 30, 40 years. 
and they need me to come in and either fix something that they think is broken or um, give them some advice on how to fix it. So think of it this way. Let's say you were starting a company and you're in that position where you think you want to hire someone, but you don't have the money to hire someone, or you're not sure if you should hire someone. You might call someone like me because I'll come in and say, oh, you know what? You actually don't really need to hire anyone yet because here are the pros and cons. Here are the financial benefits to doing it. And here are the financial not great benefits for doing it. But hey, here's a software program that might help you with um, organization, at least for the next six months until you build up enough uh, money in order to really hire someone with benefits who can be with you for the long term, right? So something like that. There are some people who just need help with, um, you know, I, look at, I'll be honest, I've been called the fixer before <laughs> because I get called in to usually fire people. So people will have, you know, a whole team with them and uh, someone isn't working out for the past year or so or something like that. And they'll call me in because they'll want me to be the person to fire somebody or to do an analysis so they can use it as a reason to fire someone. And I will tell you nine times out of 10, when that is the situation, what's really going on there is probably bad management, right? Nine times out of 10, I come in and it's not really the person. It's the person has been set up to fail. Look at, here's the thing. When you hire someone, you know, within the first month or so, whether or not that person's going to work out. And if you don't, if you've cut them on for a year or two or three, the reason why that person is failing now isn't because they've all of a sudden become a disaster, at least most times. It's usually because you've asked them to do more than what they're able or capable of doing. And a lot of people do this by accident. Let me give you a good example. We've talked about this on the live stream before with Andrea as well, but we'll do a project, right? Somebody will will do a, a huge project and you'll have this whole team and they'll do an amazing job. And Instead of just saying thank you to the team and maybe taking them out to dinner or giving them all little bonuses or whatever it is, what some leaders will do, what some managers or CEOs will do is they'll take someone from the team and be like, you were exceptional. You were so great. We want you to lead the next project. Well, that person will go and lead the next project and they'll fail. And here's why. They'll fail because managing a team is very different than being whatever, a creative person or being part of a team that's creating something, right? So when you put someone in a management position, because you think that's giving them the kudos they deserve, you have now set them up to fail. And they don't just fail miserably, right? It's also to their core and their like whole ego is thrown. And then now they're asked to be a creative entity again. So that's what I mean. Sometimes you need an outside objective person to come in and just look at things and do a reanalysis of what's going on. Um, I call it organizational management. That actually is a term that's thrown out there uh, because sometimes I just re reorganize your office and help you with procedures that might help make the team tighter or work better, more efficiently. Sometimes I come in and I just talk to the management and say, you know what, why don't you be more encouraging instead of condescending? You know, <laughs> I don't say it that bluntly, but seriously, if people would just listen to that one sentence, it would cost them so much less money than to have me there for the months that I'm usually there. Um, I do have ongoing clients and those people, I tend to manage their uh, teams. I'm kind of the face of 
everything they don't want to deal with. So if I have to deal with their lawyers or deal with their CPA people or deal with their investment teams, I will go and meet with those people and then bring back that information uh, and get a final verdict from my client or something, right? Um, most of my clients have their own teams. And so I come in once a week just to make sure I read reports and understand what's going on. And if people need an influx of money or they need you know, to hire someone, I'll bring that to the client and say, yeah, I think it's time we hire this new person to help with A, B, C, and D. So a lot of my clients travel a lot. Uh, so they're not always watching, you know, over hovering their teams. Also, they have nonprofits, so side businesses of their actual work. So I kind of just go in between those two uh, entities and just kind of help smooth it out so that there's always somebody that the team can call if they need help with something. So it sounds more complicated than it really is. And I don't have that many clients. I kind of try to do work on a project to project basis. I get overwhelmed when I take on too many clients. And so that's why you'll hear me complain. And yeah, but it's not what I want to be doing. So that was part of the other question, which is why do you, why do you do it if you hate it so much? It's not that I hate it. Let me explain something. We all should be doing the thing that in our hearts, we know we want to be doing if we have the skills and the talent and the ability to do it. So many of you know, who listen to my podcast regularly, uh, that I was a dancer as a kid. I was a performer as a kid in color guard and drum corps. I loved it. I always thought I would end up on Broadway. I thought by now I'd be a choreographer of some substance or whatever. And that just didn't happen because of the way in which my journey took a turn. And that's okay. I ended up coming out to Los Angeles anyway, because I loved it here. And it's so funny because in the podcast this past week, Andrea, one of my best friends had no idea that I came out here to be a film critic, but I did. <laughs> because when I went to college and I studied film and English, I had all the intentions in the world to come out here and be a film critic that was more in the mold of Siskel and Ebert, but with the kind of gravitas or the, I don't even know if that's the right word, but the like, you know, substance of a Pauline Kale. And if you know anything about Pauline Kale, she was more of an academic kind of theoretical, you know, foo-foo film critic. I got um, yelled at for saying that on the live stream. No disrespect to Pauline Kale, but um, I'm just saying I wanted to do kind of the more television version of what Siskel and Ebert were doing, but more in a... Uh, shall I say, professional way, intellectual way? I have no idea. But, you know, that's why I came out here. I never made the connection between being a dancer and being an actor. I wish I did. I wish I did because I would have come out here much quicker. I probably would have never gone to college. But, you know, when I was growing up, acting wasn't a thing. You know, it was kind of something you did in the school play or something, but it wasn't really a thing. Even my my mother never went to any of my performances, never. You know, I mean, it, it was like a babysitting thing for her that I was out there doing this stuff. So it was never something, even though in my heart, I knew it was like everything and my passion, I never had the support or information or knowledge that I could make it into something of a career. Of course, my mom died when I was really young, so I, I'm not blaming her. I'm not blaming anyone. It's just the way it was, you know? So I never thought to myself, oh, shucks, I can't dance. Let me try acting. I was like, I can't dance. 
the world is horrible. The world has done me wrong. I'm miserable, whatever. I hate everybody. And I went through that whole drama. You know what I mean? So, um, it's not that I hate what I do for a living. What I do for a living helps other people and I'm really, really good at it. So I do it. But my passion and my love is, uh, being a creative entity. And I can't tell you how much I love acting and how much I love being on stage and how much I love being part of the creative team that brings everything to fruition. So look at, let me put it this way. When you are watching a movie and the end credits come and you get up and you walk away, unless it's a Marvel movie, we, everyone tends to stay. I always stay and watch the credits because what I love about film and television and acting in general is that it is a, an entire team. All those people in the credits that you're walking out on are part of what made that movie what it is, whether it's the lighting, whether it's the sound, whether it's the caterers, people dealing with the trucks. It is such a huge, huge endeavor. And if you've ever been on a movie set and you've seen how chaotic it is, all of that is creating a piece of art. And that's what I love about it. And that's what I loved about being on stage as a kid as well. And what I loved about performing, that it wasn't just me, it was so many people, people who made our costumes, did our makeup, people who, you know, rode, drove the buses, were part of our entire family. So this is what I'm saying is my passion for that part of my love and life is never going to go away. So me doing this podcast, me writing books, me doing the live stream now, uh, me working on maybe a one woman show that Andrea brought up that we had talked about a long time ago, all of that stuff nurtures my creative self. And there's probably more uh, of who I want to be than all the other stuff that I do that actually brings in money. So that's why I'm focusing so much time on this because this is allowing all about the joy. I mean, all about the joy is this really important endeavor now because it's fulfilling that part of me that really needs to be nurtured in order for me to be my best and authentic self. I hope that makes sense. And I do believe that all of us have that within us, right? We all have these things that make us uh, who we really are meant to be. And sometimes it's squashed because we can't find an avenue to nurture that outlet. And I love that I have figured it out at least for today, that this is part of it for me. Do I hope someday to stop working for my clients? Yeah, absolutely. That's why I keep asking you all to support us on All About the Joy, on the LinkedIn page, on YouTube, on my page, uh, to come to the live stream, because I would love to think that at some point I could do this um, more often. That would be amazing. Um, I think maybe having a talk show would be great. I think I'm amazing at a lot of things, but I know that my heart wants to be uh, doing something that I also just thrive in, right? That my heart, I mean, as I'm talking right now, I'm like, yes, right? You can hear it in my voice. So um, I hope that explains that. Um, another question that I thought was great was, what is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? So this one's hard because I've gotten a lot of, of great pieces of advice. And so there are so many, but I'll talk about one we mentioned on the live stream that I think is really, really, really important. Um, Andrea was talking about how she'd never seen Field of Dreams. And I mentioned to her that um, one of 
my professors at the University of Vermont, who I won't say I hate because I got reprimanded for saying that on the live stream. But um, one of the things he did say that I will always remember because he was right is never talk about a movie you've never seen. And if you think about it, you've heard people say like, oh, I'm never going to see that movie. It's so stupid. I could tell by the trailer. You know what? No, you don't know. If you've never seen the movie, you actually can't speak on it. And I take that piece of advice and put it towards my entire life. I don't talk about things I don't know. People get mad when I say that, but that's where that comes from. The reason why I always come across as I guess so, I don't know, someone has called me, I've been called every name in the book, but like conceited or I think I know everything. It's not that I know everything. I just don't talk about things I don't know about. I am not going to argue with you about how to fix a car. I know nothing about fixing a car. And if you tell me that this nut and bolt goes here and there, I'm going to be like, okay, I'm not going to argue with you about it. I don't talk about things I don't know. So it's the same thing. That is one of the best pieces of advice. Don't talk about a movie you've never seen because you look like a fool. If you've never seen it and you don't know anything about it, don't talk about it. It's really simple. Um, and if you add that to the rest of your life, it's brilliant, right? You'll find yourself shutting your mouth and not talking when you don't know something. And that's how you look like the smartest person in the room, right? Because when you speak, you speak of what you know. So I hope that helps. Okay. <laughs> um, this question was hilarious because I had to think about it. And then I realized they were just tricking me. Uh, <laughs> do you believe in life after love and what is love? Okay. First of all, do you believe in life after love is a song by Cher. So kudos to you <laughs> for trying to trick me down that avenue. Um, I actually think these are, a, a, like, I got quite a few questions, and I think some of them are some of my friends uh, pranking me, but I am purposely doing this anyways because I thought it was funny. I don't know if they're pranking me, but I was like, this is a Cher song. I had to think about it. Um, but it's uh, it's that Cher song. Do you believe in life after love? Right? That's my singing voice, people, okay? <laughs> so, and what is love? You know, that's a philosophical question. I don't know if I can answer that. I know what love is not. And that's probably easier for me to answer than what is love. Um, and there's all different types of love, right? There's this kind of umbrella of what love is. But I think that the true definition of love is something that if you are really someone who loves someone, you do not let it go. You may make changes to not have to deal with that person because of their behavior or because of what they've done. But when you love someone, you do something for them and not for yourself. So like I have people in my life that I do not talk to because it's so unhealthy for them and me to be connected. So I made a conscious decision to no longer be in their life because I love myself enough to know that people are toxic. And sometimes because we're connected to each other with history or whatever, because we have a similar teacher or whatever it is, I know in my heart that me and this person together are toxic. They make me feel bad. They feel bad. We don't like each other. We fight. So why am I going to stay in that relationship? I love myself enough to walk away from toxicity. And I even love that person enough to let them go. See what I mean? So 
love is something that you don't always have to be so selfish about. It's not about what is in the best interest of you, but it's in the best interest of the other person. So I think love is beautiful and fantastic and complicated and hard and easy and wonderful. And I think it is the umbrella of what life is all about, right? We all want to love and be loved and uh, finding our pathway to all the different types of love we can get is, I think, the whole point of it all. So, you know, that's just me, philosopher Carmen here. Let me move on to this other silly one that came up a couple weeks ago because I just wanted to I think it's funny. Um, Why are your teeth so white and so straight? Okay, first of all, my teeth are not straight. So I'm not actually doing a video today, so I can't show you. But let me just tell you this. When I do the broadcast on uh, Thursday nights, I flip the camera because I actually don't like my teeth. And when they're flipped one way, actually Rick knows about this because Rick is like, why don't you flip your camera? Because we can't read what your hat says or your shirt says. And I'm like, no, 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 no. If we do that, you're going to see my teeth. So my front teeth, there's one in front of the other kind of. So I have that kind of, you've seen that in a lot. There's a lot of actors that have it. Like Ethan Hawke has it and somebody else. Like I have a tooth that's ahead of of one another. And um, it just bothers me so much. I used to have braces as a kid, but I never, you know, really dealt with the whole retainer thing. So uh, my teeth are crooked, but who cares? I think at some point you got to go with the gifts you've got. And I love my smile. I love my teeth. It's not a big deal. Um, I also have great teeth because I have a great dentist, Dr. Charles Vizieri in Beverly Hills. He's amazing. (laughs) I'm not getting paid to say his name. He's probably going to wince if he does listen to my podcast. But my biggest advice to people about white teeth Look, there are a lot of products on the market right now to have white teeth, but be careful because when you use them, they can make your teeth feel really sensitive and uh, wobbly. So, you know, I have a really great dentist. I floss every day. I brush my teeth at least twice a day, but usually three, four times a day um, with a soft brush with a very uh, sensitive toothpaste. I'm not advocating any toothpaste to everyone. And I use hydrogen peroxide maybe once a week, which is just the mouthwash, the gargle. You can get, it's really cheap. doesn't matter the brand you get. And I rinse with that maybe once, twice a week. Um, and that's actually what they use in those teeth whitening thing. So, but listen, I also don't smoke and I don't smoke anything. And that helps with teeth whitening. If I do drink red wine, which I am a red wine drinker, you know, I tend to brush my teeth afterwards so that, cause that really stains your teeth quickly. Also soda, will stain my teeth quickly. So, you know, I am very self-aware of my teeth, of course. And so, and my smile is really important to me. So I'm self-aware of it. So yeah, get a great dentist, talk to them, get that advice from them and um, be careful of all the stuff on the market that is whitening your teeth because it it is, it does make your teeth really sensitive. And I think that's what this question was really about because they wanted to know uh, what I'm using because maybe they're using something that um, is a little bit too harsh. So I hope that helps. Um, The other thing I'll say about messages, I love getting messages, but I should let you know, they go through a filter. Somebody else gets them before I do. I told them, I don't want any negative stuff. I don't want the energy. So I'm always told what the ultimate amount of 
uh, messages I have and what they passed on through. And that leads me to believe that there are bad messages that I'm getting as well. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, anyone swearing or screaming or saying something, not screaming, but you know, there was, I guess there was a message with all caps or whatever. Look at, here's the thing. I don't need that energy. And um, we have an actual filter on the website, but then also I have somebody else reading them because I don't have time to read every single thing. So, and, and that's not to be pompous. It's just, I've always had somebody else read on my personal website, carmensuarez.com, all my uh, emails or anything that comes through there. So that's nothing new. But even with all about the joy, that contact page goes through that as well. So listen, write whatever you want, whatever you need to get out of your system. That is totally cool. But here's the thing. It's a weird place to put your energy. And you don't have to listen to my show or my podcast or the live stream. And if I'm angering you that much, I suggest you should move on. You know what I mean? I Listen, this is all about the joy. We're only going to look at the positive and great stuff of things, you know, even if we're looking at the negative. So I send you a blessing. I you know, I feel bad. I think there were three messages. I don't ask for what's in them. Like that's kind of the rule because I don't want to be down about stuff. Right. So yeah, please send the messages. I don't mind constructive criticism. So constructive criticism is really different. And I've got a couple of those and I've made some changes because people had offered some great pieces of advice, but that's all about tone, right? How we speak to each other is what matters. And that's what we're doing. That's part of what I'm doing here about all about the joy. Let's try to change things up. Let's be better to each other. Let's be kind to each other. Let's lift each other up, right? It's kind of what I was talking about at the beginning, right? With my job. It's like, when you can lift people up, that's actually what I do when I'm hired uh, to do my job as a consultant, organizational management. At the end of the day, I walk into a place and I try to lift people up and get them to a better place so that we can actually make change and get you back to producing whatever it is you wanted to produce so that you can have a better life. Like that's how you do it. And so I practice that in my everyday life. That's what all about the joy is. That's where I came up with it. That no matter what was going on in my life, in my circumstances, as a kid, I always looked for the light, for the positivity in it. No matter what it was, my mother's death, um, having a hip injury, losing my dancing career, quote unquote, living on the streets, whatever it is, I have always tried to see the best and most positive parts of it so that I can move on through. Now, look at that may not be the way you live your life, but it's the way I live my life and it's the way that it works. So I am happy to get whatever, ever information, positivity, joy, constructive criticism you want to send. But please, please, please come from a place of what we're all trying to do, which is keep it all about the joy. So with that, I'll end this. Thank you again for listening and supporting. I really appreciate you. And I will be back again next week. Have a great one. Bye. Thanks for stopping by All About the Joy. Be better and stay beautiful, folks. Have a sweet day.